Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And I tell you, this topic today is about all of our businesses. It's really crucial. And I'm really delighted to have Alyssa Powers on the program. She is with the Washington Post, the new long-term listener of the show, knows how much of a fan I am of the Post. Um, it is truly one of the only newspapers of records out there. Um, there's probably three and uh, I would call the New York Times and, and the Wall Street Journal and the Post those three. And what that means is that it has a depth and breadth of coverage that you simply don't find anywhere else. And I, I love spending my time with the Post every day. You know, uh, Alyssa, this is your first time on the program. Um, I don't always agree with the Post. I'm, I'm kind of right of center, I think, is what people would describe me. But I think one of the problems we have in our culture is that we have everyone pursuing echo chambers uh, rather than getting a diversity of opinion. And so we hate each other and we say terrible things about each other. And the main reason why is we don't understand each other. But what you guys do at the Post is so thorough, so deep, and I think so valuable that uh, I, I really love uh, chatting with uh, with your reporters. And thanks for being one of those reporters. Glad to be here, and uh, you've got me blushing. <laughs> oh, well, well-deserved. You guys do great work. And this article that uh, you, you're going to talk about today, about what's going on with the boomers retiring, and uh, it's hard to believe that I'm on the, I'm on the very tail end of, of uh, boomers. And theoretically, I think I could retire in the next uh, four years. And it's like, wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I probably won't. Uh, that would drive me nuts. But, uh, you know, it's interesting in terms of what kind of uh, impact that can have because there was so many boomers. Yeah, it um, the baby boom really uh, was this once in a century demographic event. And it's really shaped what we think of as normal. Um, for a very long time. And so as the baby boomers transition out of the workforce, uh, it's going to do some interesting things and really usher in a new normal for people who are retired, people who are, who are working, and everybody else. Yeah, and it's, it's probably going to begin to raise debates again about uh, possibly uh, increasing the retirement age or at least coming up with incentives to uh, retire later. They already did some of those the last 20 or so years where you'll get a little more if you wait a little later. Um, you know, and I remind, remind the listener that when Social Security was established uh, back in the 1930s, the mortality rates were such that uh, most people died before they reached retirement. Age. It was almost a social mental security rather than real economic security <laughs> when you look back at it in terms of, you know, and, and we've never kept up with the fact that demographics have changed dramatically. People living 20, 30 uh, years longer than what the program was designed to maintain. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think of that as a good thing. Um, that people yes. are living longer and having fuller lives uh, into older age. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah, but uh, it's not without consequence, though. Even good things are <laughs> not without consequence. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, you know what's really interesting about um, you talk about things changing from points in the past and what we would have expected. Um, the last time Social Security was updated legislatively was actually in, I think, 1983, about 40 years ago. Um, and 
So we're, we're looking at this program that was initially created in a very different social reality that was last given a major overhaul 40 years ago. Um, and part of what has really changed, you know, if you look at the projections from 1983, they did a really good job actually thinking about uh, what mortality would look like, um, what retirement would look like, what work would look like, um, but they didn't really take into account uh, that people who make the most money in society would make so much more money. Um, that's the thing that changed that people didn't really didn't predict. And that's part of why we're in the trouble we're in now, uh, because the cap on income taxes for Social Security only covers about 80 percent of income in this country, when in 1983 it was set at around 90 percent. Um, so that's just one of the things that has changed in addition to people living longer uh, and taking retirement longer and actually working longer. Um, part of the reason we've sort of had a little bit of cushioning from this, uh, this big wave of people retiring, is that lots of people are working into their 60s and 70s, uh, far more common than it used to be. Um, so the boomers have sort of cushioned us a little bit from their own retirements by putting it off for longer than previous generations. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and it's smart. I mean, it's smart for them to be incentivized to wait, you know, uh, and come up with ways to do that. Because, uh, again, the economics, economics are very, very difficult. So uh, talk about what was, what was your objective going into writing this story, and what did you glean from writing it? Sure. Uh, so I actually went into this story thinking, um, well, I bet the, the workforce is going to be a lot older. Not, not the people retiring, but the actual workforce is going to be a lot older in the future. Um, and what I found is that we've sort of actually hit um, the, the demographic balance, the, the sort of age balance that we have in the workforce now will probably continue for about another 60 years, um, which is just about as far as the projections go. Uh, but what is going to change is this uh, sort of proportion of retired people to people in the workforce. Um, so, uh, so in um, uh, sorry, in about 2003, there were five workers for every retiree. Um, now it's something like 3.5, and uh, in 2063, uh, it'll be closer to 2.5. So it's really been sort of cut in half, and that brings up a number of potential issues, um, none of which are in and of themselves because there are more older people. It's just that we really have been sort of sitting on this ticking time bomb with Social Security for a long time and not done anything about it. Um, so one of the things that came up that was really fascinating um, was, you know, sort of this, this issue of Social Security. One of the economists I spoke to said, um, you know, when we talk about older people, we're always talking about Social Security, even if we're not talking about Social Security. Um, but that was, you know, far from the only impact that I found as I was doing my, uh, my reporting for the story. That's fascinating, fascinating. And what is the, uh, you know, were you more concerned about the system long-term-wise after you were done? Uh, what, what was your thoughts about that? Um, I mean, I think that it is certainly concerning. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the sort of level of political deadlock we seem to have about the situation. Um, this is not new information. You know, we've known that this is, we've known that the baby boomers were a really big generation for a very long time. And we've known that they didn't have as many children 
as their own parents did, and their children haven't had as many children. Um, so none of this should be a surprise, but it's just such a thorny and painful political conversation to have when trying to think about what to do about it to prepare for the future that we've just done nothing. And the longer we do nothing, the worse it's going to be um, when Social Security sort of runs uh, runs into the situation where it can't pay full benefits, which the latest estimate is 2033 in about 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I, I, I'm very familiar, I'm, I'm old enough to remember I was working in politics in 1983, when uh, the last time uh, Bill Armstrong, Senator Bill Armstrong from Colorado, was pretty much the driver of uh, what was going on in, in the Congress to uh, represent the uh, really not really represent actually he brought some tough medicine to Reagan that uh, that uh, you know as part of that you know the same situation was there then and, and it's almost like they intentionally. Uh, wait until it's crisis mode because that's the only time they will move on things. We saw that with a debt ceiling. Everyone knew what was going to happen. Thank God they moved on it, but it's, it's that short-sightedness effect, I think, that, uh, you know, politics, politicians suffer from. They really only think it, they, they think primarily the majority of them in existential, uh, political existentialism. Uh, rather than in what's really in the best interest of the country. That's my conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely um, part of the problem. And what's so interesting, I keep coming back to that 1983 update to Social Security because before that, it was updated every few years. It was really this sort of big stop, this halt that um, it became normal for us not to touch Social Security and modify it based on what was happening uh, in the country. Um, and so we're, you know, we're now in this position because we got, I guess, out of the habit um, of updating the program. And it's just sort of been sitting there behind glass uh, for all this time, even as, um, you know, the the demographics have changed, I mean, in ways that were predictable in 1983 and also, um the way income works in this country has changed a lot, and that's put us in this position. But, but yeah, you know, it's it's one of those situations where the longer we wait, the worse it becomes. Um, and you know, there are some there are some things we can do, um, but it does require a lot of political will and doing some things that are fairly thorny because it is largely focused around. Um, changes to social security and immigration is one of the other things that. Uh, Increased immigration can also address some of these concerns, particularly around the like number of workers per retiree, um, and also sort of helping to fill in some of the gaps in the workforce that we're expecting, such as with long-term care. Uh, immigrants already make up a big part of, uh, sorry, <laughs> immigrants already make up a really big part of uh, our population growth and a disproportionate amount of the uh, disproportionate amount of the care workforce as well. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, no question and, about it. In fact, you know, in, in the greatest, the biggest uh, export of the Philippines is nurses. In UK, for example, they really, they're one of the biggest importers of Philippine uh, nurses. And I hear it all the time. I mean, there's never enough nurses in this country. And uh, I mean, and, and it's only going to grow as you as you talk about the aging boomers. It's only going to grow, 
you know, and yeah, it's great they're living longer, but I wonder how about, about their quality of life uh, on some of them. But they're going to live longer no matter what, and they're going to need lots of help. Yeah, that's true. Um, we're already in a long-term care shortage that's been exacerbated by the pandemic when it became a lot more dangerous and difficult to provide long-term care for people, um, people who are older, people with disabilities. Uh, and it's really only, it only seems like it's going to get worse. Um, healthcare support positions are sort of projected to have the highest amount of growth of any sector over the next 10 years. Um, but it's really an open question of whether there will be people to take those jobs, um, in part because they're very physically difficult, very emotionally demanding, and very poorly paid. Uh, so we're really in a pickle with that, and it makes a huge difference in people's quality of life, as you say, if they're able to get the medical care they need, if they're able to stay in their own homes and age in place, uh, and all kinds of other things that make life better as people uh, deal with aging and disability. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very timely topic. Really appreciate you spending time with us. WashingtonPost.com is the best place to go for more information, and we'll have a link to Alyssa Powers' uh, article. Final thoughts on your part as you as you, we wrap it up, Alyssa. You know, I, I just keep coming back to uh, the, the, the stalemate we're at. Um, and, you know, I want my parents to be well provided for. I want to be well provided for. Uh, so I just really hope we're able to take action in one way or another. I think you're right. And I, I do, too. And uh, everything has become so politicized, stuff that was so routine. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's terrifying, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think uh, I think we need a better way of doing it. It's just hard to obtain. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price, and you're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.